Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in the series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through health. In each broadcast in the series, I'll interview a new health and fitness expert. I also want to welcome our AARP Decide, Create, Share listeners and the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make health, nutrition, and fitness a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. Now I'd like to welcome our guest uh, today, Dr. Ellen Levine. Dr. Levine is a board-certified internal medicine physician and certified health coach in private practice in the La Mesa, San Diego, California area. Dr. Levine has a special interest in obesity medicine and is passionate about helping people create health in their lives through proper lifestyle choices. Thanks so much uh, for being with us this morning, Ellen. I really appreciate it, and I know that our listeners through ACE and AARP will enjoy hearing what you have to say about emotional eating. Oh, thank you very much for this opportunity. And as you mentioned, I will be discussing emotional eating and what you can do to overcome this behavior. So, Ellen, do you consider emotional eating to be an eating disorder? You know, eating disorders are illnesses that cause serious disturbances to everyday diets, uh, whether we eat extremely small amounts of food or severely overeat. So many people have heard about anorexia nervosa and uh, bulimia nervosa and binge eating. Do you consider emotional eating to be an eating disorder? Um, For some people, um, it can be. I mean, obviously, all of us are susceptible to perhaps eating a little too much of something, you know, just because it's there. But um, for others, it can be a disorder in that it is uh, when we do it over and over, and yet we know that it does not serve our desired wishes, um, or we don't seem to have control over that action, then that can be a a disorder. And certainly for those who are at an unhealthy weight or may have some medical conditions, that the number one reason is because of their unhealthy choices and they're still not able to gain control, then yes, this would be... um, this could be considered a, a disorder. So we have people who are unconscious eaters. Uh, they're watching TV or whatever it may be, and then they're busy eating. Or chaotic eaters. Life is so hectic, you know, that they just eat whenever they can. And then the, the people who are worried about the starving kids uh, all over the world, so they eat because they don't want to waste food. Um, and and then, of course, we have an emotional eater. How do you define um, emotional eating. In other words, wh- wh- how would you describe the symptoms of emotional hunger? Um, you know, the, the the symptoms of emotional hunger are one are people who often eat in the face of some strong emotions. Are um, people who eat when they're actually not truly hungry. Um, they eat as uh, as a way. Um, to make it a distraction from whatever that may be bothering them. And uh, for those who eat and after they're done eating have a tremendous sense of guilt or start to feel sad and beaten down because they were 
unable to control that cycle. I often describe it as something that's very sudden. One minute you're not even thinking about food, and the next minute you're, you're starving. You, your hunger goes from zero to 80 within moments, and you're craving a particular kind of food as opposed to just, I'm hungry, I'll eat anything. I, it has to be uh, this mm-hmm. urgent need for pizza or whatever it may be. It, it's above the neck. It begins in your mouth and in your mind, uh, not in your stomach. What, what, how do you uh, respond to that? Well, I mean, you know, for some people, for people who are actually concerned that their eating may be um, problematic and that they don't have good control and when they get the, and they get that craving, it's hard to stop it. For those people, it's sometimes helpful to actually sit down with a pen or get on the computer and start journaling. You know, what is it, um, what is it that you're feeling when you need that pizza? You know, why do you have to have the pizza? Right. And um, how does it make you feel after you eat the pizza? And you know, this, gets, this, people, this gets into the self-talk part of this. Um, yeah. Um, and I also find that people who do emotional eating don't stop when they're full because, as you say, they're not aware. So let's talk about the journaling part of this. Talk to me about that. How do you get people to start to journal and become aware of what they're thinking when they're uh, doing emotional eating? Well, you know, I mean, obviously by the time I'm meeting people, obviously there's a problem, you know. So um, we don't just talk about journaling as one aspect of it. It's identifying that there's is an emotional component to the eating um, and that is something that they're not able to overcome on their own. And actually, I approach this three-prong and I call it stop, challenge, and choose. And the, the journal part is part of the, what I would call the challenge part of how to handle this behavior. So what I tell my patients um, or people that I coach to a healthier weight is the first thing is that when you are in a situation where, you know, you have a plate full of cookies or a vegetable tray in front of you and you're, you just feel like you need to go ahead and just dive right in is to actually take a moment and just stop and pause. Just stop, just stop right before you grab anything, grab a fork, a fork, a spoon, whatever it is, just just stop. Sometimes that alone can um, curb the urge to overeat or reaching out and getting a glass of water if it's in front of you or a sip of coffee or tea can actually just make that desire to eat um, pass. The challenge part is the journaling. And unfortunately, there are patterns that a lot of people have developed and actually taking the time to stop and think about what the triggers are. Do you eat when you're happy? Do you eat when you're upset, do you eat when um, you're nervous, um, you're about to go into a public situation and you're nervous in crowds, um, or you're just plain bored. And right, and it, could, and it could be. Identify that. It right. could be any or all of those things, right? It could be, and for some people, it, it can definitely be all of the above, or for some people, some people only eat when they're nervous, and some people only eat when they're bored. And, you know, this is all individualized. You know, everyone's, an, no one has a distinct pattern, no one has a distinct, you know, everyone has developed their own habits over time. You know, right. doing and so, something undesired over and over becomes a habit, or a negative habit in this case. And so, let's, let's since we're talking with people from AARP, let's yeah. say that the first the first um, step in this is awareness, and the second step is awareness. 
And the yeah. third step is R for, let's call it replacing one uh, food, the stress food, the stress behavior with something else. So uh, I like the way you're thinking. I got the fixes like sipping some black tea or uh, maybe getting a massage or, um, you know, just um, some uh, slow breathing activities. So we're, so that's the awareness, awareness, replace and uh then um, what's the what's the next tip you have? I call I call the next step is called choose. Ah. So you know the I mean, the truth is is that life is about our choices. I mean we all have the ability to choose. Some will choose unhealthy, and some can you know choose healthy. But that we have the power of choice on our side. So if you've stopped and paused and you're still, that urge hasn't passed, you can challenge yourself and say, why am I doing this? Is this really going to serve me? Am I really hungry? Am I going to feel like excited after I ate that whole pizza or am I going to feel really bad and guilty and be mad at myself? And then when it comes to choice, you know, there are choices that you can do outside of food. You know, if you know that you're prone to overeating in certain situations, you know, maybe get out of the house, take a walk, you know, play with your pet, um, call a friend, you know, just choose to change what you're doing. As you said, you know, go get a massage if you find right. yourself, God, I'm really stressed today. If I go home, this is, this is typical. I just got you know, an argument with, you know, with someone at work or um, I just lost my golf game um, and I'm going to go home and I know the first thing I'm going to do is open that fridge and just eat uh, whatever right. I see. I deserve it. I, I should, yeah. I deserve to eat yeah. this. What we have to be able to do is to change the way we think. And I would call that the last step of the AARP model for emotional eating, awareness, awareness, and then the idea of, of uh, replacing or repairing. And the last, the P, is practicing it, like you say. In other words, right. uh, doing this when you haven't lost the golf game, when you, when you haven't you know, run into seven red lights along the, uh, in your rush home. Uh, find a way to practice when you are in good shape. The other thing that you're mentioning is the self-talk. Let's just talk about that for a moment as well. It's really important. If we don't have handy ways to replace what we're thinking, we're, we're going to be in big trouble. And so when you think about this, um, you, you, the idea of, uh, I know I ate a, a little while ago, but I'm starving. And a rational response to that might be, I'm having a craving, but that doesn't mean I have to eat or right. I can't stand feeling hungry. It's awful. Well, replace that with it's only uncomfortable, but I can tolerate it. It'll go away. Oh, it's only one extra cookie. What's the big deal? <laughs> well, if I have that cookie, I'm always strengthening the habit of giving in. So right. when, when we talk to our clients and patients, teaching them awareness, methods to uh, repair or replace, uh, methods to practice, change your thinking. All of these are ways to get into the uh, healthier eating, physical hunger, not emotional hunger. How can someone know whether they're physically hungry or emotionally hungry? I mean, it, part of it is actually stopping again and asking yourself, you know, when did I just eat? You know, how long ago was it? Maybe I'll rated in a scale of one to five, you know, um, one, I'm ravenous and, um, you know, four, I'm, I'm stuffed, but still have a craving for something. And then recognize that if you're honest with yourself, 
And if you're really, um, you know, four or five, then this is just emotional eating. Again, it's just it's going to require awareness, as you mentioned, um, and a lot of practice and journaling till you learn more about yourself because some of this may have been unconscious, something you've been doing over time that you don't even think about. And this is a time that you have an opportunity to actually start thinking about it and developing a strategy that works for you. One of the things that I suggest to clients that I work with um, when, they, when they're trying to define what physical hunger is, is that it comes on gradually. Your stomach rumbles. It's an, an hour later, it's growling, and it gives you these progressive clues that it's time to eat, and you're open to different foods. Um, physical hunger, as you're saying, is always recognizable by stomach cessations, um, and it's patient. Physical hunger would prefer that you eat soon, but it doesn't demand that you eat immediately. When you, and like we were talking about earlier, when you have that feeling, that, that thought, I've got to eat right now, and you go scurrying for anything, and you open up whatever's closest to you, that's emotional. When it's patient, it's physical. It happens out of a physical need, and lastly, it stops when you're full. So when you think about physical hunger, if you've eaten something and you say, oh, that satisfies me, that was rational, normal, healthy, uh, physical, physical hunger. So you're a physician, internal medicine, uh, someone who specializes in obesity, who has a real passion for helping people create health in their lives. Tell me about how you actually work with someone when they come into your office. And we, 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 I, I want to hear for our listeners what they can expect when they talk to a physician who really is a master in this area. Well, you know, the first thing is, um, you know, for those who um, desire to get to a healthier weight, probably the most important thing that I can do is find out more about who they are and uh, what they really want for themselves, what they see for themselves. More than anything, I'm looking, I'm listening for what it would be for them to become intrinsically motivated. I mean, Uh as a physician, I know that my saying, if you don't do this, you're going to end up on this medicine. You know, that may not motivate them. You know, I, I have some patients will be like, just give me the pill. Right. But if there's something that, you know, they want, they're, um, they're, you know, they just have a new grandchild and they're so overweight that they can't see themselves, you know, they really just want to be able to get on the floor and play with their, their new bit, the new baby, or they really want to see themselves, you know, being able to go play baseball in the park, whatever it is, find that person's why. That's probably the most powerful thing that I do is help people almost dream to create the life that they desire and I can help give them the tools to get them there. I well, you can, sound like yeah. a wonderful, wonderful health coach <laughs> and yeah. physician who understands that uh, the link is oftentimes what you think. I want to thank you, Ellen. We could go on talking for all morning about this, and I'm sure that our <laughs> sure. listeners have got a lot out of this. 
sure. but I just want to thank uh, Dr. Ellen Levine, uh, board-certified internal medicine physician and certified health coach, for being with us uh, in this uh, podcast today. Ellen, again, is a special interest in obesity medicine, and you can tell she's very passionate about helping people create <laughs> health in their lives through proper lifestyle choice. If people want to get in touch with you, Ellen, is there a website that we can direct them to? I'm sure it's Dr. Levine dot T S F L, which stands for Take Shape for Life dot com. Thank you very much, Ellen. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sure we'll have you back again. Okay, thank you. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. As always, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com where you can find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, uh, workout plans, health programs, creative ways you can get your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. Join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness.